Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using investigatorstoolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our webpage at www.investigators-toolbox.com. You guys have been hearing uh, for a long time about how much I love Crosstrax, but now you're going to hear from somebody else. So we got George Gerges here. George is a member and a user of Crosstrax. George, tell me real quickly what you love about Crosstrax. The simplicity of using it and the ability to customize everything that you could do with Crosstrax is awesome. It actually allowed me to take the way that I do my business and implement it into their system. And not only am I able to manage 10 or 15 cases, I'm able to manage 50 to 100 cases with the same effort. Fantastic. So Crosstrax, um, the case management system, they are SOC 2 certified. Basically, that's an encryption really an upgrade. They're the only ones out there that are doing it. So please support this great sponsor that supports our show. Uh, check them out. The links are in the show notes. Crosstracks. If you're an investigator, you should be using them today. Welcome to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. On November 14th, the New York Times published an article about private investigators being used as tools by foreign governments for espionage. We had Wes Bearden on a few weeks ago to discuss this topic, and today we welcome him back for some follow-up. So please welcome Wes Bearden and your host, private investigator Matt Spare. And welcome everyone to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare, your host. A very interesting article came out this past weekend in the New York Times. Iran and China use private detectives to spy on dissidents in America. We covered this subject a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a few months ago. This article was by Benjamin Weiser and William K. Uh, Rashbaum from the New York Times. And uh, they took a quote from uh, from somebody, some illustrious guy who was actually on the program here to talk with us. So I asked Wes Bearden from uh, Bearden Investigations to come back on. And uh, I wanted to just continue to talk a little further about this topic because it's all over the message boards. Folks were really uh, coming to light on this. So Wes, I want to welcome you back to the program. How are you? Well, thanks. I appreciate being back and I'm doing great. I'm doing really good. It's good to see you, man. Good, good. Yeah, we're uh, winding down the year uh, full steam ahead and uh, things are good. But uh, we've still got this problem <laughs> where uh, we're getting hoodwinked into working for uh, foreign national <laughs> governments. So, uh, Yeah, it's a, it's a weird problem, to be honest with you. You know what the article talks about, basically, is that... Uh, you know, there are certain government actors, particularly Chinese, uh, particularly People's Republic of China, Iran, who are trying to hire investigators under uh, private investigators under false pretenses. Yeah. And basically what they're asking uh, investigators to do is is legal activities that you normally do, surveillance, uh, locating people. Um, but it's for nefarious purposes that they haven't told you about. Right. And they, they've gotten really good at it. And, I, I you know, some there are, I think, two pretty well vetted out cases in that uh, uh, that article. You know, one guy, I think, escapes liability. The other one was still, you know, still um, um, potentially has liability. And it's it, it's an interesting scenario that I think we all have to start watching out about a little bit. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we can stand at the 
top of the mountain and talk as much as we want. But at the end of the day, you know, it, you, you got to do your own due diligence on who you're working for. Um, and, and even like it, what's scary is the the fact patterns, the way that they were approached for doing the work. You look at it on the on the top level of things, you know, on the surface. Permissible, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. OK, you know, this person stole money from you and, and you know, you're looking to recover money um, on behalf of a third party. Like to me, the the. The case I'm re- referring to is one of these cases here where, you know, the, the individual uh, in New York was contacted by somebody <clears throat> in, with a New York company. They were paid with a check with a New York company. And, you know, this this New York company, a translation service, was like working on behalf of a company in China, right? And to me, that's, that, that's a red flag right there, you know. Um, well, it is. Uh, and China's unique. I mean, you look... Um, um, you know, China, the state is embedded with a lot of the industry, to be quite frank with you. So they there's there's you know, if you're a Chinese company, there's a good chance that the, the state has some hook into you. And we have to just kind of be aware of that. But, yeah, you know, it, it, what, what's concerning about this, if you look at the facts, is that, you know, the lies were not um, that uh, I, I mean, there were things that you would normally do. It was a company just trying to find somebody who owed them money. Uh, so that they could effectuate service and figure out what's going on and and so on and so forth. Um, I've also heard, I don't think it's been reported in that one, but uh, I've seen a couple now that have been reported to me personally where they're they're coming through law firms that are usually foreign-based law firms. So now you've got a lawyer who's on your lot on the phone with you telling right. you that they're trying to do X, Y, and Z, and and that even buys more credibility to it. And what I'm afraid of is that, you know, when you when you have unlimited resources as an intelligence agency, whether you're you know, with the states or UK or, or China or whoever, you kind of got an unlimited budget to create smoke and mirrors to get what you want. Yeah. So so, so this was also a, a situation where uh, the individual, the investigator was required to notify our government, the United States government, that that they were going to be doing this work. Right. Is, is that how I understand? Yeah, re- really what these guys are getting prosecuted and i think probably unfairly uh uh or, or i don't think I, I know i believe very unfairly prosecuted is their failure to register under the foreign agent registration act fara mm-hmm. and if you if you live in dc or you're within the beltway you know what this law is because you probably work in government and you know all it's all it says is if you represent a foreign agent not a foreign individual or foreign company but somebody who's working on behalf of a foreign government you have a duty to register and the Department of Justice has all these rules and exceptions to how you register. And so that's what these guys are getting tripped up in. It's not like they did anything that they that that they did was illegal, meaning the surveillance or the locating or the identifying. Right. It's the fact that they didn't come and tell the government, hey, I'm working for a foreign government doing this. Uh, and that's that's the real crime that they're being um, you know charged with, frankly. Yeah. And it's to my understanding that the, the one in Flushing there, it had to do with a individual that china was looking to repatriate right and there was some sort of contact uh along those lines and to me that's when it starts getting a little gray as well like if, if that yeah. did happen then yeah that's a little, a little too weird for my taste <laughs> it, it it is they're trying to find these people you know um, there's probably some evidence that they may be trying to abduct them but uh you know of course they don't tell the investigator that so the investigator doesn't really know that you know but uh, and, and I think that it had these investigators known who they actually work for or what their actual goals were, um, 
you know, they, they would have declined this type of representation. I mean, they would have said, no, I don't want to do that. That's that's illegal. But right. but again, they're tricking us. So we're we're part of uh, uh, being uh, uh, defrauded. And, you know, I think that these reporters, um, or at least when I talk to them, I think they get that. I think they understand that we're being unwittingly used here yeah. and we're doing what we can to check these people out. But there there is only so much that we can do. And particularly when, you know, if you're if you're checking them out, doing your due diligence like you should be doing the other side, you know, <laughs> has an endless bo- pocketbook to hide who they are. It makes yeah. it a little difficult. Yeah. But I, I still think we're, we're, we're you know, I think I think that the reporters really understood what we were trying to do. So, yeah, I'm sure they're, they're creating their backstories and all that for the mm-hmm. due diligence checks. So, I mean, this is this is really uh, it's spycraft, man. <laughs> and uh, you, you look at it, I think the article was relating to it, and I thought was was interesting and well put, that we're a cheap alternative, right? Yeah. If you could get boots on the ground where you don't have to spend years and years grooming somebody <laughs> to develop information for you, uh, why not, right? The exposure's limited. Uh, so what if the guy gets burned? Um, not my problem, right? Right. Uh, it, very, uh, very interesting concept uh, and, and way of doing things. I thought it was very funny too with the, with the other guy uh, who ended up uh, getting off that he was doing surveillance. Um, this was with a, a woman from Iran, uh, where, where the FBI like <laughs> approached the guy like, "Hey, you know, <laughs> the the people you think you're working for are, are not the people <laughs> are not who you think they are." <laughs> right. Pretty amazing. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, that kind of puts an investigator in a tough position, too, or a lot of us, because, you know, uh, when you know, one of the things I learned years ago is that when somebody comes out with a news article, don't ever read the comments. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Especially if, if you're it, quoted in there. <laughs> right. You just can't do that because, uh, you know, I mean, you could put there could be an article tomorrow about how it's a great day for you, know, you and me. And, and somebody else say, well, it's not great over here. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, and I understand that, but if you read some of those comments, I don't. I, I think that you can see people struggling with what is the right answer, and um, you know, it, it's going to take some education of investigators. It's going to take us doing due diligence of those individuals. But even in a situation like that, you know, many private investigators are hired to be criminal defense investigators, and so the the agency on the other side of what they're doing, or they're trying to prove that did or did not do their job correctly, is the FBI, right. and so. How do you call up the FBI and say, I have a client who may or may not? I mean, you've got to be very clear about that. Right. You know, your first, you know, our, our, our kind of the constitutional rule, and I think it does apply to investigators to a degree, particularly if you're working with lawyers. But, you know, your competences, and we have confidentiality statutes all over the place. You know, you can't, somebody, your client comes to you and, and shows you, you know, their poker hand. you got to keep that quiet. And uh, how do you t- how do you call up the the FBI and and say okay hey I may or may not have a client and so I'm I'm basically screwed on <laughs> you know if I tell you about it I'm wrong and if I if I'm right then I'm you know maybe I I I, I parlay favor I mean it's it's difficult yeah. to deal with yeah and you know there's definitely ethical issues behind that as well right what's what's proper and uh, and what's not um, that's right that's right. You know, I was speaking with my wife about this too. And, and, you know, just tell her like, this is why I only work in that one vertical that I work in, because I feel like there's less of a chance that something like this can happen. Um, The whole know your client thing. um, You know, New York is such a big city and there's just so many different types of people and different intentions. And, you know, personal injury, it it, it may not be the biggest uh, windfall when it comes to hourly billing, Right. Um, 
you know, you can definitely bill more for due diligence and doing, you know, uh, a different type of investigative work. Um, but to me, it's like, I, I can sleep better <laughs> knowing who I'm working for, you know? Uh, well, you know, the whole idea of know your customer, it's funny. We was talking to somebody about it today on another issue, but you know, where we get in trouble as a industry or profession, and I really believe we're more of a profession, but uh, it, where we get in trouble is not necessarily on you getting burnt or screwing up a case. That, you know, I just, that that doesn't happen. Really where we get in real trouble is where our, our end customer or end client does something stupid. And we assisted them either willingly or unwillingly to right. do that. And, you know, that was the same thing with DMV. Right. You know, that somebody provided a DMV record to somebody who shouldn't have had it. Rebecca Schaefer, right? I mean, everybody knows yeah. that story. It's, everybody uh, knows that story. Yeah. And and so it's, it, you know, know your customer, I think, is the most important thing that we really need to be preaching over the next, you know, probably decade or so, because uh, that's what's gotten us in trouble. Everything else, nobody's ever really complained about. You know, we, you know, a few have, but... But uh, know your customer is really critical for us. And I think we have to continue to do it. And it's going to be, this just, you know, proves it's going to be harder to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know I had uh, Tina Thomas on recently. We were talking about, uh, you know, data privacy and and, uh, things of that nature and our ability to do research and things like that. And, you know, every time there's a whoopsie, you know, it becomes that much harder for us to continue to, you know, fight for what, you know, for what we we're trying to do, right. It doesn't make it easier, especially in, in an election cycle where someone's trying to make a, a name for themselves and, and hitting those hot button numbers to, you know, talking points to, to make themselves, you know, they're to talk to their constituents, right. Everybody doesn't want their personal data out there, you know, for anyone. So yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? Well, it is. And you know, there's no quick solutions to any of this stuff either. You know, and that's like, you know, I was talking about those comments. If you read those comments, you know, there are people in there who say, uh, well, you know, every case should be checked out through the FBI. Well, that's just, I mean, number one, I don't think it's legally possible. I don't think it's ethically possible to do that. Number two, you know, we should just get rid of private investigators. Number three, we should federally regulate them. And, you know, all those are are, are answers that are geared for a modern day type uh deal where we want a quick answer for everything we want to you know you know this is what we're going to do period but this is a complicated problem and we've got a pretty good system and we've got a good group of good profession in the united states who generally wants regulation they generally want the bad guys to be out of the business and, and i think for the most part they have they don't want to be committing crimes they don't want to help foreign intelligence agencies they're not people who are you know they're, they're most of them are ex-law enforcement ex-intelligence people so, you know, the, the solutions are going to be complicated and it's kind of hard sometimes when you're when you're looking at these things. But the first solution, which has been around forever, is know who the hell you're doing business with. Right. And, you know, I mean, that's that's it. So, you know, I think that we're beginning to uh, see that and I hope that everybody takes notice of them. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to jump out real quick. Just take a, a quick break. When we come back, I want to start talking a little more about that, like knowing your customer and, and um, just some some tips that maybe we can give folks that uh, get in these situations on, on how to do that, how to know your customers. So everybody sit tight and we'll be right back. Are you a member of NCISS? Do you know what this great organization does? The National Council of Investigation and Security Services was formed in 1975 to keep a watchful eye on legislation that affects our industry. 
Now more than ever, there are data privacy and DMV issues popping up all over the country. Consider joining and supporting this much-needed watchdog for our industry. Learn more at NCISS.org. Information Education Consultants is proud to announce that their Certificate of Professional Investigation is now available online at IECOIT.com. If you're interested in learning the investigation profession, what better resource to consult than the mind of the nationally renowned private investigator, Rory McMahon. Rory has compiled 40 years of experience into an online training resource for the benefit of the current and next generation of professional investigators. The site offers CEUs for current licensed professionals and is a recommended stop for our true crime aficionado friends and family. Check it out today at IECOIT.com. That's IECOIT.com. Looking for an insurance agent that puts you first? Every PI business is different. That's why OREP Insurance can shop multiple markets to ensure you get the best coverage to meet your unique business needs. OREP's model is business by the golden rule, and for over 20 years, they've built their business by putting their clients first. So come enjoy a fast online application and same-day certificates of insurance at OREP.org. OREP has coverage for armed investigators, executive protection, and even has a separate policy for security firms. The application takes less than five minutes, so visit OREP.org today. OREP.org. Don't forget to check out the latest issue of PI Magazine, available online or via hard copy. Visit PIMagazine.com to learn more. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. Uh, today we have Wes Bearden from uh, Bearden Investigations in Texas. Wes, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're talking about the New York Times article, Iran and China use private detectives to spy on dissidents in America. Uh, Wes, you and I were talking offline uh, during the break, and uh, we feel there's, there are more articles around the corner, right? Yeah, I think there's going to be some. I mean, it's a very interesting proposal that our, our, our situation that these guys found themselves in. And I think that uh, generally the, uh, you know, the news media find this to be a pretty interesting story. So you're going to see some uh, further coverage of this type of stuff. And we'll just have to see if it continues to get uh, out of hand or if we as a profession get together and really stop some of this stuff. But, you know, there's like in any profession, there's so many people. And so it's important to spread the word, which is kind of what we're trying to do today. Well, not only that, you know, you're talking about a nine or 10% growth rate too in our industry. So these are, there are a lot of folks that are coming in that just don't know. That's right. You know, nobody's nobody's told them. And and the sad thing is that like, they're not a part of these associations that that's trying to get the word out and doing things. So, you know, they're, they're counting on the internet, hopefully programs like this, you know, to, to get a little bit of information uh, on how to do it. I guess say like, I was very, um, very impressed, I would say, about all the message boards that that I am a part of. You know, the associations I'm a part of um, had put the article out and and had commentary on it, um, which is pretty cool. So it, it is this thing of like, hey, like this is a hot button issue, folks. This is what's going on. Don't let it happen to you, right? So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a hot button issue. And I, I'm glad to see everybody starting to talk about it. And it, um, you know, as, as you know, I'm uh, on the board for World Association of Detectives. And we had a little conversation at that at our last meeting in Aruba. 
And I can I think that'll continue to go on because I think this is an issue not in just uh, happening here in the United States, but I think it's happened in the UK and I think it's happened yeah. in Canada and a lot of places where, you know, they can uh, get away with it, where they, they have interest at. So anyways, we'll see it again, I'm sure. Right. So before we took the break, I had talked about an, you know, uh, due diligence, know your customer, things like that. And you know, we talked about maybe some ideas. What would you recommend to, to folks, especially the newer uh, folks that are just getting into this business, uh, on how to know their customers? What, what, and, and again, this isn't legal advice. We're not, you know, lawyer, sure. well, you're a lawyer, but we're not giving legal <laughs> advice. Uh, this is opinionated. We're having a discussion here. Like, what, what are some of the, the procedures that you would recommend for somebody to do to, to know their customer? Right. Well, you know, look, I, I mean, the first thing, you've got to set some procedures up in your, whether you're a one man or a, you know, 10 man shop, it doesn't really matter. You need to have some procedures that deal with this. And for instance, you know, I mean, that can start off with simply just running some type of, you know, compendium database like a TLO or a uh, IRV. I mean, there's so many of them now um, on your client and looking at them and making sure that they are who they say they are. Right. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is I always tell people, Look for the reason. Don't look for the identifying who they are. Right. You know, there's nothing that says you can't represent a foreign individual um, and you can and, and, and all the time. And I, I've got several right now that are non-U.S. citizens. What you can't do is represent them when they rep when they are an agent for the foreign government. And that's the that's the tough part. But find the reason why they want to do it. For instance, you know, uh, if somebody wants to file suit. You know, I ask them, well, where's the lawsuit at? You know, can I see the petition? You yeah. know, if you have a lawsuit, that's a good reason, right? Whether you're plaintiff or defendant or right. whatever. So find the reason that they're wanting to do this. Not necessarily, I mean, yes, you need to identify who they are, but find the reason. Uh, and then if you're still unsure, I'm going to say this, and I, I, I've always been leery about saying, you know, get a lawyer involved. Um, and I, I've said that because years ago when I became a lawyer uh, and I was an investigator, I, you know, I, I was I didn't believe that every case needed a lawyer. Number one. Number two, I always was real concerned that people are going to say, well, yeah, Wes, you're a lawyer. That's you're just trying to get all the business. Right. Right. Build, build hours, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought that was a fair you know, uh, deal. Uh, but I, I am kind of getting more and more convinced as time goes on that anytime you're doing these type of really complicated investigations or even simple ones. I mean, these were simple deals. These are five thousand dollar cases that were. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, I hate to say this. I do think it's worth your while to get a lawyer involved. And when you do that, particularly here um, under FARA, it basically exempts it. So, for instance, if I am representing an individual or even a foreign government, I as a lawyer can represent that that foreign government without registration as long as there's an active pending lawsuit because it's public record. So there are some exemptions like that. And I'm not just talking about FAR in this unique situation I'm just saying that many times there's a lawyer can provide you additional coverage that you can report things to that maybe, you know, your statutory duties to report it to somebody. A lot of times there'll be an out to get a lawyer involved. And right. look, if you got a client that calls you, you say, well, this guy really doesn't need a lawyer. I understand that. There's still some lawyer that will accept the reports, listen to the client for a couple of minutes, make sure that what you're doing is legal, make sure that you're kind of following, you know, your, your guidepost. And, uh, and there's ways that if you find the right lawyer, you can use that, you know, as a referral source to make money and, and, and be even more successful than what you are. Right. But I, I, I hate to say, I think that the industry, the profession's coming that way, but I, I, I feel like it is to a degree where 
an attorney just gives you so much coverage that it, it protects everybody involved. Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to only work on cases that involve attorneys. It's just, again, my vertical, my personal choice. In fact, when I get contacted by somebody who's not an attorney, that's always one of my first questions, right? Did you hire an attorney? Is an attorney associated with this? You know, and when they say no, I say, okay, we'll go find one and have them contact me. You're right. Because um, I, I just, I don't want to deal with it. You know, you said something earlier too that I just want to um, uh, go back on. Um, you talked about an individual, you know, whether or not they um, are associated with a, a, a foreign government. Um, you know, I think it, it's, it's not only that individual, but if they're representing, if they're stating that they're representing a company, you know, making sure that company, the ownership of that particular company, you know, is not a, a government, right? So, the, you know, you could do your diligence and say, okay, well, they're, it's, they're not working with, uh, you know, with, with China. You're like, I'm not, I'm not working for China. The Chinese government didn't hire me. Yeah, but that particular company that this agent says they're working for, you know, is probably state-sponsored because of just the way things are structured there in China, right? And understanding you know, how that all works too. So um, you really got to be really, when you're looking at something, it's not just the person, you know, if they're representing a, a particular business entity that you really got to examine that business entity, right? Yeah, you do. You do. And particularly in some of these, you know, places where there's, you know, the communist party, I mean, they're, you know, many of these industries are owned by the state. So you have to, you have to ask and say, who are they and what, you know, what are they for? and What are they doing and things like that. And, and so, you know, it does take that. And, you know, another issue that you can do too, now I don't think it'll absolve you of, of guilt, uh, but, you know, we build this into our contracts, you know, and yes, you know, my contract now after, you know, uh, we've been business now for 50 years. So after all the time that's been <laughs> added on, there's a bit long, but right. there is a section in there that says, hey, you know, if you are, a, if you represent a foreign government or an entity or, or whatever, you need to disclose that to us immediately. And uh, so that we have a duty to because we may have a duty to report it. Now, I've never had a client read that and say, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a spy. And <laughs> yeah. And it won't exculpate you know, you from, from any type of criminal liability. Look, I tried that, you know, but it does help. It does say, you know, listen, I was aware of this issue and I was trying to stop it. And, you know, I got duped or, or I didn't get duped or whatever. So. Off the record, my name's Boris, and this is my wife Natasha. <laughs> right, Which right, right. Off the record, <laughs> right, right, right. And 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 that's you know that that's going to be the problem. So, but you know, it's it's a myriad of these things that you kind of you know build these traps in uh, when you onboard a client, right. so that you have an idea. You know where the you know for instance, my case management system. I'm sure everybody uses something different. You know, it requires me to put in where the hell we get this referral at just, yeah. you know, and the purpose of that was to send somebody a note and say, thank you for referring Joe to us. But, right. you know, it also helps for us to track where these guys and gals are coming from uh, these companies and and make sure that, that we are on, uh, you know, on, on the correct footing. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely a lot to take in. And, uh, you know, it, it, the other suggestion that. I, I would give is that if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Like, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't be a honeypot, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, you, you never know. And, you know, that's the funniest thing about this business. Uh, and it kind of happens when you first start as you kind of get older and you probably have business for a while. You kind of, you deal with the same people over and over again. And that, that's just life, I guess. 
Yeah. Uh, but you know, when you when you first start, you know, someone walks in your office, you really never know what the hell that case is going to be, and you really know never know who that client is and where it's going to take you, which is fun, and that's part of the reason we're in this business. Chinatown, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but you've got it. You got to sit down and, and kind of start thinking. Hey, you know, you know, you know, who who am I really working for? Is am I do I have somebody here who has a legitimate interest? You know, I n- I never say do I work for the good guy, because there's a lot of people. Uh, who don't, you know, I mean, I, I, um, you know, here in Texas, we do a ton of criminal defense work um, that's appointed through private investigators. And, um, you know, I, I mean, like, I think I was, when I was doing mostly investigations, I think I did up, I mean, a north of 150 capital murder cases. Most of those guys were not good guys. Okay. <laughs> Most of those guys were really not good guys at all, but they, but they did have a legitimate reason they needed an investigation. You sure. know, they were, state was coming to take, try to take their life and they had a right to, uh, to, to, you know, to challenge the evidence and, you know, confront the constitutional right to confront the witnesses and what they said. And so, you know, um, you know, we had a reason to be doing what we were doing. It's a great country and, we live in, you know, just to yeah. be able to have the, ability to do that for sure. Right. So just make sure that you have a real reason to be there, you know, and if you don't, I do think this too, you know, a lot of private investigators are very scared to talk to each other because we're one or two man deals. Right. And we, we, we are, you know, I kind of equate us to the old Cowboys. We're kind of out there trying to, you know, you know, be a, a tool for all types of administrative justice. And, and, you know, it, but if you have a problem, pick the phone up and call. I mean, I've never had anybody you know, if you call me, it may take a day or two to get back to you. But if you have a question, change the names and just pop off the hypothetical. And I'll try to tell you what I would might, you know, likely do and go from there. I know what you're going to do. You're going to tell them to hire a lawyer. Come on. We talked about this already. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'll try not to do that. Your first Here's call. my rate sheet, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, but no, I mean, if it's, if you have a, if you have a small problem, or you have just a quick question, call me. I have no issue with, with picking the phone up and saying, yeah, here's what I think. I mean, call me two or three times. Yeah. Then I'm probably going to start billing you, but you need to, you know, but if you have, you have a quick uh, thing that you're, you're, you're real concerned about, give me a holler, you know, and a lot of investigators, a lot of, a lot of long time guys who've been around for a long time. I don't think they have a problem with that either, to be frank with you. Yeah. And that's the fraternity of the industry, right? So if you make a vested interest to be involved you know, attend events, be part of associations, um, just take a, a just a, a real vested interest to to know what's going on in the industry. You will meet some of the most amazing people. Um, you know, I look back, I, I, I so many years I was in business where I was just, I stood in New York and I didn't really get out there and do do my thing. And and a season for everybody, right? It, it, it's where I needed to be at the time. I was building my business, building my family, you know, really focused on doing whatever. But then one day I just like, you know what? I'm going to start joining these associations and going. And as soon as I did, I've met some of the most incredible people. I mean, tons of them have been guests on this program, you know, and uh, it's just good people all over. And now I'm more involved with WAD and, and I'm meeting these amazing people uh, around the world. Just yeah. fantastic. I mean, I just had something today or an attorney had called me a case I'm working on and the guy's like in the Netherlands, you know, and we got to like verify something. So I was like, okay, well, you know, Probably going to need somebody local there. Oh, you can do that? Yeah, I can do that. If you want to spend the money, I can do it. You know, like, no problem, right? And it wasn't even like, oh, I'll have to get back to you or something like that. It's no, I got covered, <laughs> you know? And it's like, that's because I'm going to the events now and I'm meeting people too, which is fantastic. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I just, uh, yeah, I, I think every one of these organizations, you know, I'm real involved in WAD, I've been involved in Tally and CISS, but every one of these organizations have something different to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, you really got to get to know these these people. I mean, I know a lot of times if you're a younger guy, you go to them and say, well, these old crotchety guys are just sitting there. Uh, but trust me, there's there are there <laughs> becoming are guys, the old crotchety guy, which is yeah, scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But believe it, sometimes the old crotchety guys know what they're talking about. And sometimes, yeah. you know, there are guys and gals that are sitting in the back that are very quiet, that are that are not talking a lot. You know, and I know sometimes in any industry or profession, you you have some people that are very braggadocious. And a lot of times maybe those are not the people that are the most uh, <laughs> the sharpest. But but there there are a lot of good people in this profession and each one of these um these groups, you need to to really get to know some of them because they're they're grappling with the same problems we all are. You oh, know? Sure. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Apple iTag thing now is becoming a big deal. You can see a lot of news stories and uh, a lot of legislatures beginning to worry about that on the state level. You know, it's happening everywhere. I mean, I had a meeting this morning and uh, for for in two different states, it's going on. So just you know, try these things out. They just offer you so much resources. And then the other thing that you're going to find too, is you're going to find people that you may meet that are become friends. That'll be friends for life, you know, and that's, that's a great thing to have. Uh, And, and friends that understand what you're going through, which is, that's right. You know, which is even better. You know, they understand the ups and downs of this business and the commitment that it takes actually to be in business, to do this business. You know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, um, Oh, I'm, I'm on my second career now. Just go be a PI or whatever, you know, like there's, there's work that goes into doing that and folks don't, uh, they don't recognize uh, the commitment there. So, um, yeah, and that's, you know, the importance of, of associations. I mean, I think, I think we've covered that verbatim <laughs> recently. I don't want to uh, keep hammering in on that. In fact, I, I think we're probably going to wind down here. Um, I did want to come on and just, talk about this article because there was just so much chatter about it in the um in the on the message boards and it's just kind of a hot topic and i wanted to to talk about you know how to protect yourself um and again we're not lawyers we're not giving legal advice uh but uh wes how do folks get a hold of you if they had any questions yeah um the best way is you can go to beardedinvestigations.com um, or beardedlawfirm.com, you know, there's one's my law firm, one's my, um, investigation group. And, um, um, my phone number is 800-943-2670. Feel free to give me a call if you have an issue and we'll, we'll try to work it one way or the other. Great. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know you're a busy guy and, um, always, uh, always a pleasure to have you on and just uh, riff on this stuff. And, uh, yeah, one day we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll have you on and we'll talk about something completely different. <laughs> so. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not something that looks like a disaster for us, but yeah, no, no, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Matt. It was, been a real, real good time. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll catch everybody uh, next week on the next show. Take care. Thank you to Wes for jumping on for this hot topic button issue. Also, we want to say a special thanks to Crosstracks, Investigator Education Consultants, OREP, and NCISS for sponsoring our show. So please support our great supporters. Have you thought about joining Investigators Toolbox? Now's the time to get on board and join the fastest growing digital community for investigative professionals. Use code PIP201836 and save 10%. If you have a question or a comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd like your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back next week with a brand new show. So make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.